Osterman on the rush. Pass is caught. Deflection. Touchdown. Cowboys win. Amari Cooper. What up? Streaming live from the beautiful FTJ Studios. It's your host, Addison, man. Welcome to a Monday edition of From the Jump, man. We are live right now on the west side. You know what I'm saying, man? We got a lot to talk about today. We got an action-packed show for you today, man. So many to talk about. I mean, NFL yesterday, if, if, if you didn't watch, man, it was it was ridiculous. The Cowboys, as you heard in the intro, beat the Eagles on a, on a buzzer beater, if you will. Kyler Murray won the Heisman Trophy this weekend. The, 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 the Miami Dolphins beat the New England Patriots on, on a game-winning Hail Mary-like situation. I've never seen anything like this before happen to the New England Patriots that happened on Sunday. And you know we got to talk about the Los Angeles Lakers and the Trevor Reason. You know, we got a lot to get into on today's show. But you know we got to start off today's show talking about the Cowboys and the Eagles. And if you missed this game yesterday... You missed a hell of a game. I, I think this was the game of the day. I think this was the most important game, not only for the Dallas Cowboys, but also thought for the Philadelphia Eagles. Because for one, the Eagles all week were chirping, the Cowboys, we, we heard it, we heard it. And, and, and for two, this was the division game. Remember, the Dallas Cowboys, and, and I said it at the beginning of the season. I remember when I, when I was arguing my boy, shout out to my boy Dub. My boy ain't hit me in a while, you know what I'm saying? You know them Eagles be losing. He ain't hit me in a while, but and I said in the beginning of the season, I felt like the Dallas Cowboys were the best team in the NFC East. I've said for the past three years that I felt like the Dallas Cowboys have been the best team in the NFC East. I felt like the only reason why last year they didn't win the division and they ultimately didn't go to the playoffs was because of the fact that they didn't have Ezekiel Elliott those last six games of the season. But if we're looking at the schedule right now, if we're looking at the conference standings right now, the Dallas Cowboys are leading right now 8-5. And, and in the division right now, they're 4-1. They're 4-1 right now in the division. And they beat the Redskins. They took care of the Redskins. And they took care of the Eagles on Sunday. And I think everybody's going to sit there and they're going to point to that play on the tight end Goddard and say that, that offensive pass interference should have been called. But even still, when the Cowboys got the ball in overtime, I knew, oh, this game's over with. I said, if Dallas gets the ball first and they elect to go for it instead of playing defense, I said, oh, it's game over. Dallas is going to score a touchdown. Point Amari Cooper has been traded to the Dallas Cowboys. It has given this offense a new life. It has given this offense a new dimension. It has made this offense in such a way it's like, okay, you got different parts to defend now because not only do you have to worry about Zeke and how he going to kill you at the backfield, but you got to worry about Amari Cooper. You got to worry about Gallup. You got to worry about the tight end, Garwin. I mean, they had a lot of different guys yesterday that stepped up and made a lot of different plays. And you know we got to talk about Dak's play yesterday. You know, Dak, Dak played a hell of a game yesterday. Y'all can say what y'all want to about Dak Prescott. You can say that he doesn't do this and he doesn't do that. But what you can't say is that Dak doesn't show up. Yesterday, he, when he had to throw the ball, he was 42 for 54 yesterday. 455 yards and three touchdowns. So anybody that had Dak yesterday, fantasy-wise, killed it. They had a hell of a day yesterday, fantasy-wise. Ezekiel Elliott had 13 carries yesterday. I'm sorry, Ezekiel Elliott had 28 carries for 113 yards. He didn't reach the end zone. But he was toting the rock yesterday. And on that huge fourth down in one play, in overtime when they needed that first down, he got it. Now, you can say what you want to about the Philadelphia Eagles and Carson Wentz. He played a solid game yesterday. He was 22 for 32. But, but I think the issue with the Philadelphia Eagles, and, and, and again, they've had some injuries this season. But they failed to run the football consistently. 
That's been the problem with the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, the, the tale of the tale yesterday was that Dallas controlled the game yesterday. You want to know why Dallas controlled the game yesterday? Because they ran the football. The team that controls the field, a.k.a. the run game, pretty much is going to control the clock. Dallas had over 100 yards rushing yesterday. Philadelphia Eagles had 34. You know the time of possession yesterday? The Dallas Cowboys had the football for 45 minutes and 33 seconds. The Philadelphia Eagles had the ball 22 minutes yesterday and 32 seconds. But this was a key game yesterday because it really put a stamp on the Dallas Cowboys. And for two, they're 6-1 at home. That's key because come playoff time, because if we're looking at the NFC playoff right now, come playoff time, they're probably going to have to get that fourth seed. And what they want to do is they want to have that game at home, whether or not it's against the Bears or the Vikings. I've been saying it for weeks now. I feel like the Dallas Cowboys have the top five defense in the league. And I've been saying it since they made that Amari Cooper trade that this offense has been a lot better. And again, if you are one of these Saints and you're with the Rams right now, the Rams took an interesting loss last night to the Chicago Bears, which is an interesting segue that we'll get into. Because I thought the game last night against the Bears and the Rams was a pivotal game last night because it showed that the Bears are tough at home. And to be honest with you right now, nobody wants to go to Chicago and play Chicago. You don't want to go play in that cold weather right now. I mean, Jared Goff, there's no way in the world Sean McVay should have threw the ball 44 times last night. How dare you go to Chicago last night and throw the ball 44? Who do you think you are? Now, I understand the Rams have been good to this point. Now, I understand the Rams' high-powered offense has been solid. And, and, and on most nights, that's going to work. But you, how dare you go to Chicago and you only give Ty Gurley the football 11 times. You only give the one of the best running backs in football, the football in Chicago, in the coldest places in the country, 11 times? This is the game we should have taught Ty Gurley carried the ball at least 28 to 30 times. All Chicago did was dare Jared Goff to throw the football last night. And what did he do? He threw four interceptions last night. Now again, their defense was solid. Their defense was solid. Now, they didn't give up any touchdowns in the first half. They did give up the one in the second half, but no touchdowns in the first half. Outside of that, they made Mitchell Trubisky yesterday look average. He looked very average, but that defense of the Chicago Bears has been lethal. And, and it was all it took was the addition of Khalil Mack. And again, their offense doesn't have to be great because I could take it back to the days of Rex Grossman when the defense was really good when they had Lance Briggs and they had Brian Erlacher and them boys and Peanut Tillman. They didn't necessarily have to be good. Their offense didn't have to be good because they had Thomas Jones and they had Rex Grossman. They had some pieces. Mush and Muhammad. Y'all remember them Chicago Bear days? So again, it's reminiscent of those days. At the end of the day, the Bears realize our offense doesn't have to be great. As long as our defense is good, nobody wants to come to Chicago right now and play the Bears. Period. I don't even want to go to Chicago right now and play the Bears. <laughs> Did y'all see how cold it was yesterday in Chicago? Man, there's it, it, no way. There's no way. If, I, if I'm the L.A. Rams, I, I, I go on the road and I throw the ball 44 times. How dare you, Sean McVay? That's shame on Sean McVay yesterday. But other scores around the NFL yesterday, the Lions defeated the Arizona Cardinals yesterday 17-3. Josh Rosen finished yesterday's game 26 for 41, 240 yards and one interception. Matt Stafford finished yesterday's game 15 for 23, no touchdowns, zero interceptions. I don't know how Detroit even won this game yesterday. Matt Stafford didn't throw any touchdowns, I guess. Maybe defensive touchdowns if you were Lions over the Cardinals 17-3. My Oakland Raiders. My Oakland Raiders got a dub yesterday against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, I ain't going to lie to you. I sort of kind of like the Pittsburgh Steelers, but I like Juju Smith-Schuster. And I was really funking with Le'Veon Bell until, well, you know, he kind of 
not played football this season. But the Oakland Raiders defeated the Pittsburgh Steelers yesterday on a blocked field goal. Take a listen. Good snap. Good hold. Derek Carr finished yesterday's game 25 for 34, 322 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Juju Smith-Schuster had a hell of a game yesterday as well. He finished yesterday's game with eight catches for 130 yards and two touchdowns. Ben Roethlisberger also finished yesterday's game 25 for 29 for two touchdowns, zero interceptions. He did leave, however, with injury to the rib. But this was, a, this was an important loss for the Pittsburgh Steelers yesterday because I really felt they rolled into Oakland, you know, Oakland being 2-10. and 10. That's a trap game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that's a game they weren't supposed to lose. They didn't really lose anything in the playoff picture. But games like that, looking back on the season, you don't want to have a loss against Oakland on your record. And Oakland beat a potential Super Bowl contender in the Pittsburgh Steelers because the New England Patriots yesterday, if, if y'all didn't see that game, they, they lost. Now y'all take a listen to this wild finish yesterday in Miami. And this will end it after the shovel, or will it? Miami running around, circling. Oh, look out! Gronkowski didn't have the angle. Touchdown! Oh, Canyon Drake! A miracle! Now, if you saw the play like I did live, there's no way in the world you mean to tell me it's Drake and, and Gronkowski, and Gronkowski is 6'7", that you misangled that tackle. You are the last man on the field, Gronk. You are the last line of defense. You are the biggest player on the field. <laughs> You mean to tell me Gronk couldn't make that tackle yesterday? And, and it was funny because when Kenyon Drake kind of saw that there was like a lane, it almost kind of, he just turned on the running back speed. It was like, okay, well, it was just me, Pylon, and the guy next to me. So it's like, either you're going to tackle me or I'm going to score, period. And Gronkowski, we kind of saw, he kind of took the bad angle and Drake scored and, and it was crazy. I mean, we it, games like this, New England typically doesn't lose. Tip, New England is typically good on all areas. They're typically good offensively. They're typically good defensively. And they're typically good special teams. And it's games like Miami when you go down there. And Miami right now is fighting for a playoff spot. Again, a lot of these teams that are fighting for these playoff spots are tough at home. The Cleveland Browns defeated the Carolina Panthers yesterday, 26-20. Baker Mayfield finished yesterday's game, 18 for 22. One touchdown, zero interceptions. Jarvis Landry finished yesterday's game also with over, over 100 yards, all-purpose yards. Catching one, rushing one. Jarvis Landry was all over the field yesterday. Shout out to the Juice Man going crazy yesterday. Cam Newton finished yesterday's game, 26 for 42, 265 yards. Zero touchdowns, one interception, QBR 55.4. Christian McCaffrey also carried the ball, 16 carries for 63 yards and two touchdowns. I just always thought at the end of the day, the Carolina Panthers could be so much better. They, they just went out and really committed to go getting a running back. and Also, some receivers. At the end of the day, Cam Newton can't do it all by himself. Cleveland over Carolina, 26-20. The battle in the top quarterbacks of this year's draft, the New York Jets defeated the Buffalo Bills 27-23. Sam Darnold finished yesterday's game 16 for 24, one touchdown, one interception. Josh Allen also finished yesterday's game 18 for 36, zero touchdowns, and two interceptions. Robert Foster also had a big day for the Buffalo Bills, catching seven catches for 104 yards. Jets over the Bills 27-23. The New York Giants embarrassed the Washington Redskins yesterday, 40-16, behind a hell of a day behind Saquon Barkley's 14 carry, 171 yards, one touchdown. Eli Manning also played good yesterday, 14 for 22, 197 yards and three touchdowns. Hey, don't look now. The Giants are 5-8. and eight. Again, I don't necessarily think they'll make the playoffs, but they'll be ruining it for a lot of other teams. Giants over the Redskins, 40-16.
Indianapolis Colts take down the Houston Texans at home in a tough game. Andrew Luck also finished yesterday's game 27 for 41, 399 yards, two touchdowns. Deshaun Watson finished yesterday's game 27 for 38, one touchdown, and also zero interceptions. I thought Houston got away from the running game. They didn't give Lamar Miller the ball yesterday, but Lamar Miller finished yesterday's game 14 carries for 33 yards and one touchdown. Also, rather quiet game for DeAndre Hopkins, four catches for 36 yards. Did catch a touchdown, but... You know, we used to DeAndre catching more. Indianapolis over Houston, 24-21. Up next on From the Jump, we'll talk Los Angeles Lakers' pursuit of Trevor Ariza. Is this a smart move? And on today's edition of The Wrap-Up, find out why Kyler Murray is choosing baseball over football. Stay tuned. It's From the Jump. Friday sales event. For a limited time, get 3500 total cash on a 2019 Sorrento V6 when financed through Kia Motors Finance. Hurry to your Kia dealer today. YouTube TV. Watch like a fan. Yes, sir, man. We are live right now at FTJ Studios. What time is it right now, E? Was it 8.56? Man, it's early as hell. How, how fast do you think you're going to have this E mixed and mastered and thrown up there? How fast do you think you had it done? I guarantee. I don't know. Let's see. Let's see how fast you can do it. <laughs> NBA scores from last night's game. The New Orleans Pelicans defeated the Detroit Pistons last night 116 to 108 behind a solid game Julius Randle had last night. And also Drew Holiday finished yesterday's game with 37 points, five rebounds and five assists. The high man for the Detroit Pistons was Blake Griffin with 35 points, five rebounds and two assists. Pelicans over Pistons, 116 to 108. The Milwaukee Bucks beat the best team in the East right now, the Toronto Raptors, 104-99. Giannis Adetokounmpo finished yesterday's game with a double-double, 19 points and 19 rebounds. Also with six assists, high man for the Toronto Raptors with Kawhi Leonard with 20 points, eight rebounds, and four assists. Milwaukee over Toronto. The San Antonio Spurs took care of the Utah Jazz yesterday, 110-97 behind DeMar DeRozan. Solid 26 points, six rebounds, and eight assists game. Donovan Mitchell also finished yesterday's game with 27 points, five rebounds, and one assist. San Antonio over Utah, 110-97. The Los Angeles Lakers take on the Miami Heat, a.k.a. the last time D-Wade and LeBron James will face each other on the court. Now, I'm not going to lie to you that tonight's game will be a good game. I think when LeBron James and D-Wade are on the court, I think D-Wade always pushes LeBron James. I thought that was always one player that I always felt like got the, the true best out of LeBron James was, I think, D-Wade. And that was one of the reasons why I always thought that him and D-Wade and Chris Bosh was always a great tear. And I always thought that they, at the end of the day, they should have never really broke that up just because of the fact that they all played so well together. I thought that they should have changed the pieces around them, but I thought the core between him, Bosh, and D-Wade, I thought that that core should have stayed the same. Now, the Los Angeles Lakers at this point, according to Wojnarowski, are engaged in talks to acquire Phoenix Suns forward Trevor Ariza. Now, the teams ultimately have been trying to reach out to see what will be the best trade package up to this point to get Trevor Ariza to L.A. And I think they're saying the big name in this trade will be Contavious Caldwell-Pope could be potentially in this deal. Now, I think for Trevor Ariza, 
I think what it does for them, I think it kind of adds some three-point shooting. It kind of adds a stretch three and D kind of guy. I think that's what the Lakers need. I think they're the need right now is they need perimeter shooting. I don't think they have a guy right now who can shoot the ball perimeter very well. Again, you have Josh Hart who has shown that he can hit the perimeter shot. But outside of Josh Hart, who would you say right now on the Lakers can hit one? I don't think Lonzo Ball consistently can hit that three. LeBron James, when he needs to, can and will hit a three. But other than that, can you trust LeBron James to make threes? So a guy like Trevor Ariza would be good for the Lakers. And again, remember, Trevor Ariza was a Laker before he was a Houston Rocket and before, of course, a Phoenix Sun and before he went to the... He was a Los Angeles Laker. Remember, he won a championship with Kobe Bryant. You remember them young bull Trevor Ariza days when he was like a spark plug coming off the bench for the Lakers? Hey, this is an L.A. guy anyway. And like I said, this is a guy that has played for the Lakers before, has won championships before. Um, and so I think this will be a good addition for the Los Angeles Lakers. I just don't think, again, this makes your team any better or any worse. I just think it just adds, you know, more shooting to that roster. Now, on today's edition of the wrap-up, Kyler Murray won the Heisman Trophy over former over fellow quarterback Tua Tagovailoa and also Dwayne Haskins of Ohio State. Now, if you saw that gap between Tua and also Kyler Murray, it was not a huge gap. And I think we all can pretty much all agree that prior to the past two weeks, Tua was leading the Heisman Trophy race. I thought once he got injured again in the SEC championship game when Jalen Hurts won that game, I think for a lot of the fan voters, you know, seeing Kyler Murray win the Big 12 championship and also his resume against Tua's resume, I think you got to go with Kyler Murray in this situation. A lot of people were saying that Tua, the numbers were better, but for me, it's deeper than numbers. I look at quality of wins. Dwayne Haskins also had a hell of a season as well, and I don't want to discount him. And I said going forward, I think coming into his sophomore year, he will be the Heisman front runner. But the one thing that people were saying, on, and, and it kind of bothered me, the debate was whether or not he should play professional football or whether or not he should play professional baseball. Now, Kyler Murray, being that he was drafted by the Oakland A's, has signed a $4.6 million contract, being a first-round draft pick. Now, at this point right now, that's all guaranteed money. Now, he can go try to play football. What happens if he comes back to Oklahoma next year and gets hurt? What happens in between the time in which he's training for the NFL, he tweaks a hamstring? Then what happens? That money isn't guaranteed. That's burnt money. And oh, by the way, which one do we remember more? The Heisman Trophy winner or the NFL player? Because see, the way I see it is, once you win the Heisman Trophy, that's the highest honor you really can win in football. But other than that, we typically don't remember a lot of moments in the NFL. So the highest honor you could possibly get is the Heisman Trophy. And he accomplished that. And if he was to win a national championship, that almost checks everything off football-wise that you have to complete as a young man. As a young man, that's what we always dreamed about when we played NCAA. And we played Road to Glory, which, by the way, I have a YouTube series. And if you haven't watched any episodes, definitely go watch it on From the Jump. But Road to Glory is what we played. And everybody wanted to win the Heisman Trophy. Everybody wanted to play quarterback. That was the highest position that you could play. Everybody wanted to be that. And he's already done that. And then he's about to go on and play for a national championship. And he could potentially win that. So again, his decision to go play for the A's is the best decision. You've completed what you need to complete in football. And we see it with football. Football is a business. You can go play baseball. You can have fun. Get your guaranteed money. And live the rest of your life really without all the injuries that come with football. It seems like an easy decision to me. What would you tell your child to do? Follow your boy right now on Twitter, man. We talked about it a lot. As I said, the Los Angeles Lakers are currently working the phones trying to get Trevor Ariza. 
Let's see what happens. Let's see what they do with it. As I said, man, crazy week in the NFL. Don't look now, but Dallas Cowboys are on a five-game win streak. And I told y'all they're the best team in football. And y'all can say what y'all want to, but beware, the Chicago Bears are for real. You don't want to have to go to Chicago in January and play those Bears. I'm just saying. But it's your boy, man. We out.